Hello and welcome to episode two of the Girls in Work podcast. This week we interview Laurie, who currently works as a marketing director for a football club. Laurie has had an incredible career working across the media and entertainment industry and her knowledge, insights and advice are invaluable. Laurie is an inspiration and we certainly learned a lot from recording this episode. So we hope you enjoy listening to this as much as we enjoyed making it. To start with Laurie, could you tell us a bit about what you do and an overview of your career so far? I sure can. Um, Currently, I am marketing director of a London football club. Um, Historically, I had worked in marketing um, for about... 10, 12 years, but um, about eight years ago, I transitioned uh, from marketing into brand partnerships and then sponsorship. Um, so I feel like I've almost come full circle now because I've gone back to what I was schooled in, uh, marketing. And the reason was, is um, obviously I love sponsorship, uh, but um, obviously with the current climate and COVID, a lot of events were closed down, so they didn't need sponsorship or event activations. Um, so I took a job uh, in a football club because they still needed to drive ticket sales for when fans had returned. And there's still some marketing um, that I could, from my, my marketing days, that I could apply to this role. Um, and that I thought I could foray uh, once I was there for a while back into sponsorship when matches fully returned. Um, so that's kind of the plan at the moment. But um, it is it does feel quite weird to go back to marketing after being out of it for so long. Because as you know, marketing changes so much. You know, analytics and the data insights are such a, a major driver of all marketing. Um, but uh, in terms of the actual career, I mean, I've worked at um, MTV, uh, Bloomberg Forbes in New York, um, and then BBC Sony Pictures for eight years uh, at TV and then film and then Telegraph, Northern and Shell and um, Merlin Entertainments and now West Ham Football Club. <laughs> so um, a quite a wide range there of... Uh, I mean, that is one hell of a career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of... Uh, lot of th- I've seen a lot of things in my, my <laughs> short life and I'm using short little bunny air quotes. I am old now. I'm 46. So um, yeah, I've been... I've been around the block, but I think they all have the same kind of, what they all have in common is they're quite entertainment. It's about, you know, inspiring people, um, you know, either be by media and Merlin is attractions. Sony was films. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's, you know, newspapers, magazines, it's all the same kind of, you know, just trying to drive uh, inspiration uh, to the mass market, I guess. Um, So yeah, that's, that's what I've done and where I am. Amazing. Has like the whole partnerships, marketing, sponsorships, activations, has that always been something you wanted to do? Or was it kind of something you fell into and then fell in love with it and have like rolled with it and across all those different mediums? Or yeah, was it something you've always wanted to do? Yeah, um, no. <laughs> Short answer. Uh, I, don't think, no. I don't think anyone's idea really is, is it? I know. That's, you know, exa- I was just going to say that actually. I wish I could attribute this career of mine to like really savvy, premeditated, you know, planning. And I was quite, you know, focused on what I wanted to do. Oh, God, no. I took jobs whoever hired me. <laughs> and I just kind of, you know, I just kind of took a job spec and made it my own, as it were. And I think that is one thing I do think I've been quite good at. You know, if somebody says to me, uh, for example, at Merlin, they said to me, you know, be a brand head of brand partnerships. Well, I took that generic job spec and, you know, 
you know, just reinvented, you know, what that meant for the business. So I just kind of find the opportunities within a role that I like to do and just kind of expand on it. So, you know, you kind of, if you kind of work out what you're good at, what you like, and just kind of be really successful at it. So I think when I left, um, marketing the you know the old school marketing as it were at sony i took a year out to have a child when i maternity leave well actually it was almost uh, almost two years actually and then when i came back into the marketplace uh, a friend of mine had said oh there's a job going at the telegraph and it's more kind of pseudo sales so you're you're not really selling like not hard sales on the phone but you got to work with uh, film distributors which obviously I knew some from being at Sony, so Sony being a film distributor. I had a lot of mates in that sector. But it's kind of bringing them in and selling them kind of long-term editorial opportunities or white label solutions or, you know, finding like true partnerships. And I thought, oh, I'll give that a go. No one else is, I don't know, I'm just having a baby. I don't know what's going on in the world. I just have still baby brain. I don't know. (laughs) But then I did it and I actually really, really loved it. And I think why I did like it was because... It was, first off, the master of my own destiny. You know, I, you know, I decided who I would, the clients I would go after, construct the, the, the opportunity, sell, negotiate, close, deliver, and then account manage. And I loved that a lot more than I did, you know, marketing. And maybe it's because I'd done marketing for so long that I kind of thought, oh, I'm getting a bit bored of this. But ironically, I think what put me in kind of a unique position was because I knew the marketeer's mindset, I could actually ironically sell back to them because I could then, you know, almost kind of realize what the marketing challenges were and how the Telegraph, for example, who I worked for, could solve their their challenges. So, you know, if they want to kind of reach a certain audience through the Telegraph, you know, understanding the audience uh, at the Telegraph, how we could reach them better than other kind of platforms could. So I kind of thought, oh, this is interesting. And I was really, really successful there. So I thought, oh, this is maybe I underestimated myself. I'm actually, I'm, I'm a born salesperson. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, um, but I thought marketing became quite, it became quite analytical. So it became, you know, so I kind of thought, oh, no, I don't know if I like that very much. So at least with sales, you can ask people to kind of, you know, derive the insights for you and then use it. And I like to be accountable for my results as opposed to a group collaborative effort for marketing a film. You know, if it failed, it would be because the film was shit, for example. But when it's your own kind of unit function that you're creating, you only have yourself to answer for and you know what's best in the direction and who to go after and how to create and, you know, uh, build something. So brand partnerships seem to give me that. So I did that um, at the Telegraph for almost four years. And again, I get quite bored quite easily. You see, you know, I saw, came, I conquered, then I was like, okay, now what? Um, and then I did it again at to Northern and Shell for, um, the raft of their, uh, magazines and some of their digital products. But, um, yeah. And then on to Merlin as well. And none of them were salt. None of them were like, they weren't, um, set roles. It was for me to kind of go and grow with it and kind of, you know, like a rat up a drain pipe, kind of identify where the opportunities were and just kind of sell them. So I've been really lucky in three, my last three jobs pre West Ham that I was given that opportunity. Um, it wasn't something that I went out and seeked as it were. Cause if I'm honest with you, I didn't even know what the hell brand partnerships were, you know? So, um, yeah. So I don't think it was, it was, it wasn't, um, wasn't out 
There's no strategy to my career at all. I wish there was because God knows I've tried to go for jobs I thought would fit into my life strategy and I haven't got them. So, um, you know, but I'm always thinking you always got to take the opportunities that do come with you, come to you and just make them, make them what you need them to be. Even if it fails, you know, just, uh, you know, you're still never, you're always going to learn something. Completely. I, I love the idea of like making a job your own. Um, I feel like I've been quite lucky in the last, the last couple of jobs I've had, I've actually been the first person in that role. And so I feel that I've really had that lenience to, to make the job my own. And like you said, Laurie, just finding out what you're good at and then kind of running with that. And it's almost a bit like, I think people think it when you work for like a bigger business or a corporation or in a more corporate environment, there's not that room to do that, but actually there really is. And like, no matter what job you're doing if you find something you're really good at like you can kind of lead your manager down that path of like okay I'm gonna do this because I can give you the results in this bit um because sometimes they don't know either yeah it's sometimes a fresh perspective and a new person coming into a role be it a new role that's created or you know if there's there was an incumbent or not you know I think yeah you you gotta lead you gotta almost manage upwards sometimes and tell people what they need but um yeah, I think, you, you know, the, yeah, you just got to make the job work for you as well. And you can, you know, the opportunities are off, often mm-hmm. limitless because I've taken shit jobs, as it were, and I've made them huge. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, and I've just kind of, and I just grow with it. And bosses can see when you're successful and they want to back it because it only makes them look good. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So if you start bringing in lots of brands or, you know, you're you're kind of creating new revenue streams, they're not going to stop you. They're just mm-hmm. going to be like, go for it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely. I, <laughs> I think because as well, it's kind of what you said er- earlier, Laurie, about how you sort of don't really know what job roles are out there until you just go out and do them. And then you end up just falling in it, falling in them and just yep. doing this, doing this role that you never even imagined you'd be doing anyway. Um, I remember having a chat because obviously because I did mm-hmm. marketing as a degree, but then I had no idea. I just assumed that I'd go into a marketing role, but I had no idea that my actual role existed until I started doing it and then I realized I was actually quite good at it and I've just sort of fallen into partnerships um so I think yeah I really like that idea that you kind of just have to get out there and try different things and sort of narrow down what it is that you like and what it is you're kind of good at and then run with it yeah absolutely yep yep and I think when you're looking at a job spec as well you know when you're thinking about going to a new job you know you should be focusing on like looking at the outcomes of what you're Mm -hmm. doing not exactly you know think of like when I looked at, for example, the Telegraph, I didn't really focus on, I focused on what what I could, like what does that mean, I guess, in terms of outcome. So that would mean I'd be able to go to distributors, film distributors, and bring them on board. And I thought if I could be successful at that, that's what's going to make me happy. And if you're happy, then you'll succeed. But it is hard when you don't really, it's, yeah, it is quite hard because it does require some kind of imaginative thinking. And also it's not that easy sometimes. And I'm not, saying it is it's not it's you know sometimes you can get to roles where you have you're stifled there is no there is no room for maneuver so I'm not trying to be naive about that either I've just um I've been really lucky but I think but I think sales does lend itself to that as opposed to other roles yeah um I don't think marketing is as flexible I think sales if you're bringing in money and you're creating new opportunities for the business I think you get a lot more Mm -hmm. leniency yeah definitely which I love. That's what I love about, I'm calling it sales, but you know, you know what I mean? Like partnerships is kind of soft Mm -hmm. sales. It's consultative. It's, you know, and that's what I love. Yeah. No, absolutely. Okay. So (laughs) 
I mean, across your your whole career, um, would you say that you have a particular highlight? Yeah. Or maybe even the most sort of defining parts of your career, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, working at Sony, it was, if I talk about like the 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 wow factor, you know, Sony was mind-blowingly amazing. The opportunities, the people, the experiences that I had working there. Because when you work in film marketing, you know, you're doing the premieres, you're going to the Cannes Film Festivals, you're going to the festivals all around the world, you're, me- you're actually meeting the the A-list stars um, and the producers and you're actually working with them. So it obviously, you know, it opens up. Yeah, your day-to-day is literally going to sit at a press junket with Daniel Craig for the opening of a Bond film. Then you're going to you know, Tom Hanks and Ron Howard to the opening of The Da Vinci Code or, you know, the film, these film stuff. So, I mean, if I talk about really excitement that, you know, even now when I think back, like, oh my God, that was pretty damn cool. But um, it didn't, ironically, it didn't, you know, this value versus um, validation stuff. You know, I don't know if you've heard of this kind of uh, thinking about your career and your life, like what brings you happiness. And I thought at the time working at Sony, was so cool. You know, I was in my uh, early 30s, or late 20s, early 30s. And, you know, it was so cool to travel and go around the world to film festivals, you know, and do all the things that I was able to do marketing movies. But um, it didn't, it didn't um, feed the inner soul. You know, it, was, it became very um, monotonous, you know, and it actually, you know, and it was, just, it almost felt quite cookie cutter role. So I think if, if, if I think about the real, um, real amazing things I've done, I, I divert right to Sony. But when I think about personal stuff, that's really made my heart sing and made me feel, you know, really gave me a boost of confidence and um, gave me purpose and aligned with my values, I think was at Merlin where I was able to sell in some big uh, uh, global partnerships because it was just the achievement the you know the ideation of something you know constructing a, an opportunity selling it negotiating it doing all the contract and then delivering executing and then again count managing you know that to me was just again all on my shoulders there wasn't a you know even though I required a team to help me but you know when I sold to Visa for example I it became the the payment partner of the London Eye, amongst a few other things. But, you know, to kind of have, create something from nothing. There wasn't ever a payment partner on board for the London Eye. I spotted there was an opportunity and I just ran with it. And I was very lucky at the time that I had a boss that just said, yeah, do it. Just go out and do it. Um, so I felt that was actually quite gratifying and, and it might not seem, you know, I think back, you know, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't eating at Nobu <laughs> with Ice Cube, you know, like I was back in the Sony days, which I was got the opportunity to do, but this wasn't, it's Visa, I appreciate it, it doesn't sound that sexy, but when I think about how much personal gratification it gave me and, you know, I did think, oh, this is where, this is a real achievement for me. I also had to present to CMOs that came in all around the world. I had to host them on drinks parties. And I felt like it was a, it was a real, it was a, it was a cross section of skills I had to employ. Me, internal stakeholder management, external, obviously pitching, just everything was, um, I just really proud of being able to uh, pull that off. 
um, as a real career highlight. But I guess, you know, when I say that out loud, it must seem a little bit lame, but to me, (laughs) just because it just, to me, it just was, um, you know, it just, just to, yeah, it just was a lot of hard work. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anybody also, everyone doubted me. They said, you can't do that. No, internally that is, they thought, oh, you can't, you know, that's the, when you're creating a payment partnership, it has to go through the, the, the purchase payment pathway of a, of a massive global 132 attraction, uh, purchase payment gateway system. And I had to kind of carve something out to give Visa this, this, uh, the top hierarchy in, in the payment process. And so took all the people I had to engage across a business, the treasurer, the digital team, the, you know, all the people, the on-site activations, the branding, you know, the CEO, all, everything just took a lot of um, persuading, cajoling, you know, and I felt really proud despite the uphill battle. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, that's kind of a real career highlight. Um, because it was all on me as well. And that's yeah. also a really nice thing to say. Nobody helped me do that. If anything, people people, people hindered me. They were like, <laughs> oh yeah, no, we can't. No, 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 we're not. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to prove them wrong. And, and I'm happy, to, I'm proud to say that despite that me did. leaving Merlin a year ago, they've just renewed again. Wow. Um, and it's just, it's, it's quite validating, even though I'm not at Merlin anymore, but you know, just to think that was a good idea and mm-hmm. it still has legacy. It still renews itself at, you know, millions of pounds every year. And it's still, you know, I don't get credit for this obviously, or could still get a commission for it, but I still think yeah, I knew <laughs> that it. is incredible. <laughs> I knew there was an opportunity there. <laughs> One of the best things, isn't it? Is like proving other people wrong. Yes. Like you said, particularly when they don't think that yes. you can do it and also like it's one of those things where when you know it's a challenge you know you're gonna have to maybe go out your comfort zone and yeah. do things you don't really you kind of like not winging it but you are just kind of going oh I don't know if this is gonna work is this gonna work I don't really know but then when it yeah. all comes together when like you just get that such a sense of achievement and accomplishment <laughs> like I I, I mean I've yeah. never done anything to that scale but I totally get that feel, that feeling of oh, I did it like mm-hmm. I I did it and like you say you just feel so proud to have done it yeah absolutely. and that sounds like a total legacy yeah hopefully yeah I think it just gives you know it just it's created a whole revenue stream for a, a business and given you know we're in COVID right now I think for particular for the London Eye you know I think I hope they they think fondly of me, even though I'm still friendly with lots of people there. But they still think, oh, that was actually a really good opportunity. And Lori led that and created this this revenue stream um, for Visa. And, you know, I'm still friends with the Visa uh, people as well. I'm still on, you know, WhatsApp with them. So it just is really, it's just really good to know that it was successful. And, you know, what I am driven by, you know, my whole life, I'm Canadian and I've come here um, in a foreign country. And I know it's not that foreign per se, it's the same language as Canada and it's not that different. But, you know, I've always, people voice, oh, I don't know if you can do that. Oh, I don't know. It actually drives me more. I get almost boosted by people telling me, oh, you can't do that. And I've had that my entire time whilst I've been here. Oh, you're too blonde. You're too loud. You're Canadian. You don't know how things work in this country. Oh, you know, I, I, I almost want that because that will drive me harder. 
and the jobs I've, I've well, there's been a few jobs I've, I've tried to go for, which people thought never going to happen. Of course, I didn't get those jobs, but um, I did. It spurned me more to be more aggressive for pursuing jobs or opportunities, or and even West Ham United. I mean, I to tell to tell you that I'm a fish out of water at West Ham is a minor understatement. I am the only Canadian. I'm the only one of the only women. You know, just my nature. You know, my. It's just everything about me is I'm a sore thumb sticking out in that place. But I always think, yeah, actually, that this is the opportunity, though. The different, more different I am, the more the opportunity is. And I can have that USP and I can be different and I have a fresh perspective. Um, I think I have a different way of looking at the world, you know, and that is what I should just kind of really hone in on. And, you know, um, I think that's what's made me special and stick out and, you know, being able to kind of speak to internal stakeholders at, at Merlin and, and go to Visa. Cause they were like, who, what the hell? Like, who's this woman? You know, she's harassing us and, you know, having to kind of constantly, you know, um, re- keep in people's minds all the time. And I think at West Ham, there is a big opportunity because I am so different. I think people will listen because I'm not just the standard um, East end geezer trying to do some marketing for a football club, you know? I think everybody goes, oh, my good Lord. Oh, God. (laughs) So that might work in my favor. It always has before. So, you know, um, yeah. But what is the, what if there is one, what's been the most challenging thing you've faced in your career and how did you overcome it? Yeah, I think the most challenging thing has has been... um, being back in marketing again, actually being at West Ham, obviously it's, it's most current and relevant on my mind because I'm working there at the moment. But I think, um, going back to something that you thought you kind of nailed and then kind of taking some time out, maybe having a career, a different direction, and then coming back to something I found, I have found it quite difficult actually, um, forgetting how to do something, if, it, if anything. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, how do I do this again? Or what does this mean? And how do I, um, how do I build a strategy, a marketing strategy? Um, so yeah, I'm finding that kind of hard. And I think in any new job, you know, it's building rapport with the people and just getting, you know, I think you, it does take a while to bed in and understand how you can drive value for yourself and, and the business and, and just finding your place sometimes is, it does take a while. And I think it doesn't help with COVID, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty. So the business is quite stressed out. We're working remotely. It's hard to onboard remotely. And that's been exceptionally challenging because you can't, um, things that you would just ask a colleague across the, the desks, you can't. Um, and also, yeah, again, building kind of relationships, you know, I can't ask, I can't call on teams every two minutes to ask somebody something, you know, an acetylene acronym, PL. What, what does PL mean? Well, Premier League. But for me, I'm like, I, all these things that I don't know, which might seem obvious to other people, but when you're new, it's, but I'm in my kitchen by myself. <laughs> so, you know, you're a bit like, oh, okay. All right. then. Uh, I just have to muddle through and Google things. And like, um, so that's been, uh, what does PL stand for? Google, you know, Siri, tell me. Um, so all these, you know, and you don't want to bother your colleagues a hundred times a day. So I found that very challenging finding, you know, starting a new job during lockdown has been, it's been difficult more so than I anticipated. I thought, Oh God, working from home. Yay. You know, it doesn't mean I have to go. I don't have to travel to the stadium every day, but it's actually 
been harder. And also I find as well, I don't know how you both feel, but when you work from home, you are working a bit longer. So I literally roll out of bed in my PJs onto my laptop, like check in, see what's going on. And then, you know, but I work until 10 o'clock at night often, you know, and then close the laptop in my bed. Mm. I feel like there's no separation at the moment. Yeah. It is all consuming. Definitely more always on. And I found that hard emotionally, psychologically, you know, and I do like being around people. So I get a buzz. I like to be energized by being around people and ideas and seeing what's happening. So I have struggled with it. Yeah, I think like being from home, like you say, just being able to like roll out of bed and switch your laptop on, like you just like we've, we're kind of of the time of always being on anyway, but now you're like, it's like permanently on, isn't it? Because you can, your laptop's just right there. Like you can literally just check it at any time. And I think people expect you to always be there as well, to kind of always just be on the end of the phone because you're at home. Where else would you be? Like, I'm, I can call you whenever. <laughs> like, what's a lunch break? Exactly. <laughs> Why would you not be at your desk? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No lunch breaks anymore and no kind of, you're almost forced to be there at your desk. Like, I, yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah. I mean, I'm not, look, at the same time, I appreciate there's definitely advantages. So I'm not totally against working from home. It's, you know, also quite nice in many respects, but um, when you're onboarding in a new job, it is particularly challenging. And today I went to the stadium today and um, I saw some colleagues who I've spoken to on Teams for the last four, four and a half months every day and has finally met them. And you are kind of like, oh gosh, you're bigger or fatter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're different than what you look like on Teams. Oh God. You know, um, so yeah, it's, uh, you know... um, it is strange to meet people in person who you've um, you've been on teams with for the last four months and never met. Yeah, I can't even imagine what that's like. And I think one of the hardest bits of a new job as well is like figuring out who to talk to for what. And I can only imagine how difficult that is when you're doing it over teams. It's like trying to search like, okay, so what's their job title? Okay, that might be the person I need. Like, in, like you say, instead of just being able to ask someone, oh, who do I need for answer this question you kind of have to do a bit more digging so yeah everything's a little bit more labor intensive because yes you're right I can't just ask somebody across the desk a simple question everything requires you know I've just got to be very um build all the questions into one document so I can ask them all in you know one go so I don't take up everyone's time it's um yeah yeah Yeah. exactly with um with starting this new job, Laurie, obviously during lockdown and kind of coming in and managing a new team, is there has there been anything that you found has helped you overcome these challenges with with starting this new role? Yeah, no, it's actually a really really good question. Actually, what's helped as as has I think you know weirdly I think what's helped is spending time when I have a teams call or I try to make time for one on ones because I manage a team. And I need to kind of, again, it's about building rapports and relationships and trust and understanding where their headspace is and that we work collaboratively together. You know, obviously marketing is a very collaborative, you know, sport. So it's, you know, you got to all be on the same page and know what everyone's doing, who's delivering what, when, where, how, is we on the same? So, you know, it's, it's, it's very hard to do that when everything's on a, a, a patchy Wi-Fi on Teams. So I do try to spend time, you know, speaking to them and understanding them. I have a lot of one-on-ones. It's more about like, how are they finding things? How are they finding me as a leader? Are are we, you know, what can I improve on? How can I help them to help me? And, you know, it's, it's spending time also getting to know them 
because I'm missing that time in the office with them where I would glean that information just by sitting with them or maybe having meetings with them, you know? So yeah, it's just spending more, making a conscious effort to get to know them more as best I can across a team's call. Yeah, no, I think that's really good because I think this is going to be the norm now for everyone. Um, yes. And obviously yes. starting jobs, sort of working from home. So we're going to have to adjust so much. Um, and, yep. it, and it is difficult to kind of, like you said, build those relationships over a Zoom call. <laughs> um, it is. It's really, you know, harder than I thought it would yeah. be actually coming into a job and I have all different characters and all different skills levels mm-hmm. and all different um, people that do content and comms and digital and they're all talking different languages <laughs> and like you know I'm like the conductor of the orchestra <laughs> trying to get you know everybody together on the same page and, I, you know and there's a lot of boys yeah it's, and I have a lot of men there who are like quite cocky little men that are like you know with you know right you're right yeah all right <laughs> so having to kind of uh, you know ingratiate myself to the different um where it would be you know it, it's easier when you're face to face I feel like that's been my secret superpower is that I'm really good with relationship building when I'm in in front of somebody but woo on teams woo <laughs> it's been yeah. challenging because they can't get across mm-hmm. like me and again I'm kind of quirky and I've got my own style and way and like I said I think I've, I've been able to kind of ride on but it's it doesn't always come across that well on a team's call so it's having to make a lot of effort now that teams are the new norm yeah I think it works the other way as well like whereas and something I've found is whereas uh, one of my team would just ask me a question across the desk they're not necessarily doing that they're not messaging me on teams they're not sending me an email and then it's like three days later and they're still kind of like going over this problem that they've got and instead of just asking me the question they've kind of just not kept it to themselves, but they're just not using Teams in that same way as you, like, again, like you would just do it across the desk. So it's kind of, like you said, just having to really be proactive as a manager of of a team to check in with people constantly and constantly say, are you okay? Do you have any questions? Because some of them aren't as forthcoming as we are, I guess, yeah. the other way around. Yeah, because as you said, there's no, there's new rules of engagement, new bi- like etiquette, I guess, that you need to mm-hmm. kind of adhere to in this new world. And like, how often do I Teams, you know, message somebody? I don't. When do I go on to Teams messaging versus email versus call versus WhatsApp? Is yeah. it, you know, I, I'm kind of because I'm like to WhatsApp on me all the time, and I'm like, oh god, okay, you know. So it's um, yeah, just learning those those nuances for business effectiveness. Like, how mm-hmm. best can I? work in this in this this new world um which is all new to us yeah um yeah it's it's yeah especially i think particularly for the marketing you know it'd be again i think it wouldn't be the same wouldn't apply to someone that's doing maybe a legal document or you know if you're doing accounting at home or i don't know i just find the marketing it's such a it's such a team effort yeah it's creative um, isn't it and it's difficult yeah so creative over a team yeah it is um, yep scheduled creativeness oh yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> yeah let's schedule the creative call everybody get, it just seems so like structured and it exactly yeah. does the opposite of being creative you know mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, turn your microphone on you're not it's like yeah your microphone's off it's like yeah like, classic you know? yeah so yeah so yeah okay. i think that's that's been a challenge but I, I guess i suspect you know a lot of people are this is familiar sounds to yeah. many people. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, so 
Would you say there has been anything new or something in particular you've learned about yourself, either in your current role or throughout your entire career so far? Yeah, that, yes, it's funny you should say that. I, I, <laughs> so, little top tip that I was learned. I, um, what I've done is, I don't know, again, you know, coming back to going back into marketing, I thought to myself, hmm, I don't know, this has been it has been harder than I thought it was going to be. I was greatly successful at the last three companies I worked at doing brand partnerships and sponsorship. Maybe I was a bit, maybe a little bit almost arrogant because I thought, oh, I got this. I was really successful. Always, you know, and this job, I'm not, I haven't hit the ground running and a huge success yet. And that's the truth of the matter. So I thought, is it me? Is it the club? Is it the role? Is it marketing? So what I've started to do is I'm literally taking every day a piece of paper, literally drawing a line down the middle of a blank piece of paper. And I put during the day like love and hate. And for me, it's about what have I hated today? What have I loved today? And I thought, you know, because like many people, you want to find a job that brings the best out in you. And I think that's when you're most successful. That's when you're happiest and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, I thought to myself, what in this is not, why am I not being as happy or successful in this role? So I put, you know, this list together and I think about it and reflect on it. And I think it's really important for everybody. If you're not happy, why? You know, because it's easy to say, oh, I hate my manager. I hate my job. I know. But I've just thought, like, what literally am I not doing well at? And I thought, I realized that, you know, what I'm not good at is, <laughs> surprise, surprise, myopic detail. <laughs> I'm not good at, um, you know, uh, the tenuous, you know, the, not the tenuous, the tedious, sorry you know, the, the, the minutia detail. And I appreciate devil's always in the detail. And I, I, you know, but I think I, I've learned that I don't like micro detail. What I get inspired by and what energizes me and motivates me is ideas and impact. And, you know, how can we more like seeing the results? And I feel like, you know, with marketing at the moment, and it's also the climate we're in, and you know, the West Ham has particular to particular um, challenges. Um, but I kind of think, you know, what made me happy is when I was in more of a sales role, and it's taken me some time to kind of think, like, why about that? Because I am, I like to. I get inspired by ideas. I'm an ideas person. I, you know, maybe, and I know it's the worst thing. People, I know it sounds. People kind of think, well, that's ideas are just ideas until they're structured, placed, executed, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I, you know, again, I'm not naive enough to not know that, but I, I like being motivated by blue sky thinking and, you know, not navel gazing again, I not, but that's what kind of, so thinking, being creative, but not in a, not in a marketing isn't as creative as it used to be actually you know brand might be but the the creative is more we're thinking about how do we sell more kits you know what's the what are the performance marketing channels we can what levers we can pull to drive more sales mm, that's not what turns my crank anymore that's um coming up with working with brand partners on together and doing act event activations you know, um, bringing brands to life, you know, through like, uh, activations is what really excites me. But right now marketing is just about kind of digital at the moment due to the climate we're in. So I think lots about what have I done today? What's made me happy? 
what hasn't, what do I love about this, what don't I, what made me feel confident, what didn't. And actually, it's quite a useful exercise if you're kind of in that headspace where you're like not sure, um, you know, how, you know, how, how am I feeling in this job? Is it really setting my soul alight? Is it, you know, so, and I, you know, I think maybe it's just the marketing. It's just, I'm, but marketing maybe right now as well, given, you know, you can't do outdoor, you can't, yeah. there's not much outdoor advertising. There's not much events. There's not, you know, so yeah, I'm still thinking it through. I'm working it through, but you have to always reflect. Yeah, I love that. And I think people don't really take that time to think about like, it's that why, isn't it? Like, why am I feeling like this? Why am I not feeling particularly like as motivated? Or why am I not like feeling my normal, like go getting self? And I think like you say, a lot of people just go, oh, I hate my job. But and they and like until someone says okay, but why? Sometimes when you do ask someone that, you can see that <laughs> their head just starts turning. It's like oh, actually, I, I haven't thought about why. I just don't like it. So I think that's so. Yep, yep. That's like, and it's easy to it's easy yeah, and it's easy to kind of say oh, my boss is a dickhead. Mm. Well, okay, what why? why? You know, like what about the what are they doing that isn't empowering you or yep. making you feel your best or you know? And then how can you how can you? maneuver that how can you manage upwards I I just kind of think you know it's I don't don't want to uh just be I just don't want to pass it off as you know I want to explore a little bit deeper and understand why I'm feeling the way I feel or um and also I that comes to my team as well I I you know ask them all the time feedback what how did I do on that and how did you feel about this and um awareness and knowledge is always always helpful because I think yeah you can you know being a good leader is about self-leadership first. So, you know, and I want to be a good leader. So, um, so yeah, and I, but I do think culture of a business also matters. You have to be in the right company, the right culture. You know, um, I always say this stupid saying that always says, you know, uh, fish rot from the head. So if the, you know, if the, if the, the board or the directors are, are really terrible, that does trickle down. So um, sometimes, you know, I appreciate there's things out of your control, but um, I think, you know, what you can control, you know, are, are you doing the best you can in that job? And if not, why? And so, yeah, I just, I guess my point is I just don't give up and go, oh, I don't like this. I kind of think why, you know, but right now it's quite tough times and I'm lucky also to have a job. So I'm never, you know, arrogance is something I never have. You can never be arrogant in life at all, ever. You can all be pulled with a rug from under me at any moment. Um, yeah. I feel like I'm having like a, like a therapy session here. Like, this is brilliant. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this. It is. I'm sat here like, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> see this- I, don't know, I don't know if that, Sophie, I don't know if that's a good thing or oh, not. No, it's a good thing. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> You're looking for some inspiration and talk about my career. And then we start talking about our feelings. And I'm no. like, yeah. when I was a baby, you know, my, you know, my trauma to childhood. No, there wasn't any. I'm just teasing. But do you know what I mean? I don't want this. I don't want to get overly deep on you either. But um, no, I love it. Yeah. I just kind of think, you know, yeah, it's just, uh, I just, I really prize kind of deeper introspection. That's all. Yeah. I, I think I don't want to stereotype and I feel like we are getting better, but I feel like as Brits, we're not very good at talking about this kind of stuff. <laughs> but I oh think... yeah, maybe. Sorry. Maybe <laughs> yeah. it's my North American. No, I absolutely, and I think... Which you have to also take with the, yeah. Yeah. But I think it is getting, we are like people, it is getting more popular here, isn't it? With like manifestation and all that kind of 
stuff and it is it is getting people are talking about it more but I think a lot more people need to do it and I think if I was to talk about Mm -hmm. this to some of the people I work with they'd be like what (laughs) what are you talking about (laughs) but like I know a lot of my friends don't don't eat yeah how do you think how do you think this goes down at West Ham? <laughs> like, I can tell you, it does not go down well at all. But I think I do think. Sorry to interrupt you there, but I do think it's um it is about you know uh, mental health, well being. I do think it is in the ether or out there in the the world right now, and I do think it does matter. But I yeah, I just want to be the best I can be, and you know. Um, yeah, and also perform for my company, for me, for professionally, personally, on all levels. So I do think, uh, you know, when you ask me what, what the challenging job is, well, it is kind of right now, but I don't know, I haven't worked out exactly why, you know, I guess that's, it could be for many reasons, but, yeah. you know, I'm thinking it through. Yeah. We'll come back to you on that one in, <laughs> in a couple of months. <laughs> so this might, it, it kind of might all kind of tie into this, but um, is there any advice you would give to your younger self knowing what you do now? Yeah, to work harder and have confidence. There's been a lot of, you know, opportunities I've let slip by because A, it was too much work or I don't know, I didn't want to put the time in that night to do it. You know, for example, apply for a job, for example. There's been a few opportunities I've missed because I thought, oh, that means I have to stay up till 10 doing a, you know, a presentation or I want to go out and have drinks instead or like, you know, or I didn't complete the law degree that I was meant to do and all these things where you start, start but you don't complete. I think, you know, had I just put the time in, nothing good is, isn't, you know, everything good is worth working for. So I just, you know, you've got to put the time in. No good job is going to fall into your lap. No. It's just like, you know, n- like no good man. <laughs> you know I mean? No man is going to ride your butt. Like, oh, you my know. God. <laughs> you got to work for these things. You got to have high expectations, high, high ambitions, but mm-hmm. you need to work for everything in life. You know, I just think it just doesn't just come and, you know, um, any good job is you have to work for. And I wish I'd spent a little bit more time completing, you know, post-grad degrees and all the things I wanted to do. I think if I had uh, completed a law degree, I think I would be a little bit more ahead in my career now, with sponsorship at least, because it's much, it's very contract and has a lot of uh, sometimes international implications, blah, blah, blah. So I, I just kind of, oh, if I'd only fit, <laughs> probably, probably be a little bit more ahead of my career. But, um, you also have to live life. Yeah. That's the other. So be, I don't beat myself up. I never have regrets. I made the best decision at the time. Yes. It was either going out having drinks with my mates because I probably need to have a laugh yeah. versus kind of, you know, doing something that I didn't want to do. So you have to weigh it up. But I just think you just, it's, you just have to work hard in life. Yeah, I think I love. And we're really bloody lucky. We live in, we live in England. Yeah. We, you know, we are, we're so bloody lucky. We're not in in the sweat houses of, you know, Sri Lanka or India. We're not in arranged marriages. We're not, we, you know, should take every opportunity that comes. So um, it never escapes me. We have bloody, I have running, running yeah. water, you know. I mean, Jesus, you know, we're not in Africa. Yeah, gosh, it's you know? all about perspective, so isn't it? So not, I'm not saying Africa's bad. I'm saying part, you know, we're not in, we're not impoverished. Yeah, completely. And I think, going back to the working hard bit like I think a lot of people like particularly with social media now they'll question be like okay but why does she get to go and do that or why is she in this job and I'm not and it's like well because she's gone and worked for it like you don't see all of that work that goes into into someone's successes like you say nobody gets handed anything 
Um, and I think some people forget mm-hmm. that sometimes. Yeah, they always say that about athletes. You know, no one's, they see them running to gain the yeah. gold medal, but they don't see all the 12 hours a day of training through injury, through pain and tears. And, you know, no one sees the graft, do they? They just kind of see the results, the, no. the outcomes of the hard work. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I just think you just have to put the time in. You know, at the end of the day, you just got to put the time in. Yeah. That's the only thing that's going to get you ahead. If no matter what I've done, for example, getting back to Visa, for example, is an example we cited earlier. It's I just had to put the time in, and most people would have given up. There's one thing that I am, and I'm bloody tenacious and annoying. I will just I'm a rat up a drain pipe, like go go, like hey, remember, hey, you know, annoy people to death. But then once you're successful, people kind of buy into it. So that's also the beauty of it, you know. Once you know. If you won one one gold medal, people are then interested that you're going to win the next, and they just kind of it's a self fulfilling prophecy thing almost. But um, yeah, you're right. Uh, social media is can be yeah. damaging <laughs> to the self esteem. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Hard work does pay off. You see the results in the end. Cool. Okay, so what advice would you give to someone looking to do a similar career path? I would, I would say, you know, with, uh, well, I was in marketing. Obviously, you did, you did the right thing, Emma. You did the schooling and you got a good job at a good company and you're growing and pivoting where need be, where you find your kind of where your heart is and where you're successful at. Um, I just think you got to try different things. I don't actually don't have a, a, you know, a nugget of wisdom on this point. It's you just got to go out there and try and be curious and will, willing to, you know, learn and put yourself out there, even if it means to fail and look like an idiot, because other people are doing it. Men do it, as I always tell Emma this all the time. You know, what would a man do? <laughs> I hate to say that, like I don't, oh, but I, sometimes I think, yeah. what would a man be a little bit more aggressive in this point? Would a man be willing to kind of try a different thing and not worry about failing? Probably not, no. Mm-hmm. He would do it. Yeah. I don't know if that's just a, cult, a social conditioning, but I do think um, I just you just got to... Yeah, just um, I love that. Just go out there and try and see. And if it's not for you, well, guess what? There's a bit, at least in London as well. The beauty, again, we're so bloody lucky we live in London or the UK because there's just so many opportunities to try different things, so many different jobs. Yeah, and you and you don't know. Like I obviously I lived in London for a little bit, and it's where I'm at. And but and I didn't really enjoy living in London. Mm-hmm. That's probably a bit of an understatement. But I would have never. I didn't know that until I went and did it. Like I always said, yep. I wanted to go and live in London, and I didn't. I didn't know that I didn't enjoy it until I went and did it. So, whatever you did, like you say, just go and try it because you're you're never gonna know. You might love it, you might hate it, but mm-hmm. until you do it, you're absolutely kind of, yeah. I was yeah exactly. I think you always learn something even when you it doesn't work out how you want it to. But I felt the same about moving to New York, and I know I've spoken to Emma about this separately. And I hated New York, and everybody was like, "How? But impossible!" Oh no, no, it was not for me. Absolutely hated it. From you know, cried every day when I was there. So I now know. So I know now what makes me happy. And I, London is okay. I get it. London's very similar, but there was just different nuances which were much more. I don't know, I just, uh, just more um, difficult there. It's just too intense, too much. London's just at the cusp of being enough. So I get it, Sophie, I totally get it, yep. I think something as well that me, me and Sophie talk about a lot is um, also be prepared that you, to, well, to fail and that you will fail at points. Um, obviously with kind of going out and grasping every opportunity and trying different things and kind of pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone, it's not always, it's not always gonna be easy. And you've got to kind of learn from these these failures as well and just know that they're kind of like 
guiding you into the right path anyway. And I think that's something I wish I knew a couple of years ago or kind of came to terms with a few years ago as well, knowing that it's not always going to go right and that there is going to be moments where you have a bit of a wobble or something just won't go to plan, but that's fine because another opportunity is going to come around the corner and it's sort of understanding that as well. And that's kind of part of the journey, I guess. Yeah, it's, um, it's yeah, exactly. And I've seen, you know, I think when you get older, my age at 46, I've seen, I've been, had the privilege of sitting in so many boardrooms where I've seen people that I profoundly respected and they've made fuck ups. They've made bad decisions. They failed, at least within the job environment. And they've made some, and I thought, look, if they can do it and they're still successful, they're still amazing human beings, but not everybody's perfect hundred percent of the time. And I just kind of, and they've, you know, sometimes they have failed marriages or, you know, even on the personal life, but they're okay. Not, you know, and I think, oh God, they went and did that. Oh God. Well, if they can do it, I can do it. And if they, if they feel confident in, 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 proposing certain ideas then why am I not because you know it's it's half the time it's just confidence but there's this really um I heard once you know what you should really do to get perspective on life and and you know the importance of just putting yourself out there they always say like okay so we'll average we'll die probably at the age of I don't know. Let's say we die. I'm really morbid here. Uh, let's say, <laughs> where is this going, Lori? Um, uh, let me say, if you say, like, on average, women die well, at 85 or 88. But if you put a timer on your on your mobile phone and you put down, if you count down the date, like if you put like 85 years from now and you have like a countdown clock and it shows you every minute that you're wasting wow. doing oh nothing. Gosh. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you think of it in terms Holy of that, shit. like, you know, I, it is quite a sick, I know it's quite a, you know, but I thought, oh my God, I've don't, I have not done this, but I, I did hear this as a, as a kind of a tool. If you really want to get a grip mm-hmm. of your life and, you know, cut out dead toxic people and you really want to, you know, really um, make changes for the better in your life and go after things and remember life is really, this is only one life you have on this planet. Yeah, put a timer on your clock and put it. Have a countdown clock <laughs> until when you're gonna die. Then every oh minute God. you're you're wasting doing you know stupid things or with stupid people or people that you know yeah. or all the things that you do they're total time wasters and you kind of like whoa yeah because it it just crystallizes in your mind that those are minutes that the most precious thing we have is our time and you know you can't re time. you can't yeah. relive it so might as well try and then fail but then. So, you know, at least you tried. <laughs> I always think that like, every day is a privilege because not everybody gets that day. Like not everybody has has lived the same number of days. And I think, yeah, I think it's, it's yeah, like you say, just a great way of, um, yep, absolutely. of thinking about things and looking at life and thinking, you know what, mm-hmm. fuck it. Let's just do it. What's the worst that yeah. can happen? Yep. And to practice gratitude, yes. as is, I know you're kind of alluding to mm-hmm. there that, you know, and I never escapes me and I hate when people this virtue signaling where people say, oh, well, I'm, I practice gra- great, you know, gratitude. No, I literally, I live my life by this because as I said, I'm grateful that I have clean running water. I mean, it gets that much to me. I never, it never escapes me how lucky we are. And it's like, you know, we have, we're full, we're, we have health, you know, we you have, you know, we, we have, you can see, you know, I know it sounds really, again, I don't need to get deep. Maybe it's because the end of the day, I don't know why I've gone so profound tonight i'm not normally this bad um but um but you know what i mean like you know just always practice gratitude and then you know i think that centers you and it makes you um appreciate the job you are in and try to be your best you know in the job and 
um, with the relationships you have. And um, I do think it's really, really important. And it's not just something I say, I guess is yeah. the point. No, um, this is how I literally, it's my, you know, how I live my life. Um, I, I guess I do something similar. And I always like, before I go to bed, like have a journal and it's like, what, what was I grateful for today? And even when, like I've had the shittiest day and nothing seems to have gone right. I think similar and it's like, okay, well, I went for a walk today and my body is able to take me for a walk. Like I have two working legs. I can go out, I can see where I'm going. I can like hear the sound of the like the river. And it is, it's like when you take it back yeah. to those real simple things, it's, it, is, it is the simple thing. It really gives you perspective, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay, last question, kind of, I don't know how to steer this back to this question, but we're going to go here anyway. Um, if, you, <laughs> if you weren't in this career and you could do anything at all, what would it be? Supermodel. <laughs> Excellent. Sure, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter that I'm, you know, two stone overweight. What is? <laughs> I just thought, you know, if you could be a supermodel, I mean, isn't that just the dream job? <laughs> I'm not saying I ever could have been, but if anybody said to me, what would your dream job be? A supermodel. I mean, I I just always thought, my God, going around, getting praise for your beauty, doing nothing. Everyone loves every word that comes out of your mouth. (laughs) Just, you know, I know it's not, it might not drive purpose and value, but I did think, you know, you could always just do philanthropy work on the side, but wow. (laughs) I love how Wow, to be a supermodel. That seems like a good gig to me in life. (laughs) I absolutely love how we just go from having that real deep conversation to let's just all be supermodels. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I have full range here, Sophie. There's a full range I really here. appreciate this. I go from vain <laughs> vanity to depths of like morbidity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, that was a roller coaster. I really enjoyed that. It was. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love that. <laughs> but yeah, I guess these are the key things I've picked up on, and obviously, Sophie you can chip in if there's if there's anything more that you've learned today but I think yeah some of the the nice things that we've spoken about is be prepared to reinvent job job roles um learn to kind of manage upwards which we actually cover on another podcast uh just gonna put that in there um find out what you're good at and just run with it um and then I really liked how you spoke about value versus validation and really sort of thinking about what brings you happiness and understanding that your role needs to feed your inner soul and kind of give you purpose and also align with your values um I think that's really important um next thing is to sort of take some time to to find your place in a business and understand that it will take time and it will take um time to build those relationships as well and it's obviously really important more than ever now to really spend that time getting to know everyone in your team on a personal level um next point (laughs) um it's important to reflect your role um again I know I really like the idea of getting a piece of paper and just writing down what you you love and hate and I think that's really important to to always come back to that um you want to find a job that brings out the best of you so think about what motivates you so that in turn you can perform better both professionally and personally um another quote here being a good leader is about self-leadership first i think that's i think that's amazing um work hard have confidence grasp every opportunity um and every good job you have to work for and then finally just to round it all off is how important it is to just practice gratitude every day so that is it for this week 
as always thank you so much for listening and if you've enjoyed the podcast please feel free to share that would be a huge help for us you can also get in touch with us either through our website girlsinwork.com by your email hello at girlsinwork.com or on our socials at girlsinwork underscore we absolutely love hearing your feedback and any questions you might have as well so we'll see you next week for another episode of the girls in work podcast